This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast that covers AEW at all, ever, at any point on their podcast. That's us. It's E150, the new EE. I'm AB. I'm joined by uh, Nate. What's up, Nate? Hello, Aaron. I'm here. Um, you have you had a new intro. Don't know how I feel about it. It doesn't. I'm, uh... I'm working on it. Okay, you know, <laughs> you didn't hit some of those classic catchphrases of yours that everyone loves. Like, I want to switch them the... up. You know. Okay, I, I wasn't criticizing. I'm just uh, I'm observing, uh, and I have to I have to adjust to it. There's going to be an adjustment period, I think. Uh, but like you said, 150th episode, season three of Everything Elite. So uh, we got some new art. Um, we don't have new music because the music was too perfect to change. Um, but, uh, yeah, a, a new, new show for a new day. Sure. And we're kicking off season three with a big guest as you do new seasons. And that of course is uh, the third person joining us. It's murder. Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm, let me, let me get this in here. Norbert Leo Butts, born January 30th, 1967, <laughs> is an American actor and singer. He's best known for his work in Broadway theater. He's a two-time winner of the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical and one of only nine actors ever to have won the award twice as wow. lead actor. Wow. I can't what? prepare for the Butts cast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did Norbert win the Tony for? I'm thinking... Um... Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I think he won for. I got to look. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Where's it at? Where's the death 20th? of a Where's salesman? Awards. Awards. All right. So he won Thou Shalt Not. Sure. Um, the last five years. This has got Dirty Rotten Scoundrels in there. Uh, Catch okay. Me If You Can, My Fair Lady. So, okay. That's what it looks like. His award, that was his awards and nominations. I uh Okay. I got nervous there. But <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> I was just looking at Norbert Leo Butts Wikipedia page just to be prepared in case he came up. That's a good way to do research for this show. So Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that, you know, despite being a new season episode one fifty, we still have the NLB content for all the right. butts heads out there. Major League Baseball. <laughs> I laugh every time. Every time I hear Norbert Leo Butts, because <laughs> it seems like you guys like all like him a lot. And uh, no, he's got I think I'm the only one who likes him. <laughs> I, I saw him in one movie, <laughs> which I hated. <laughs> Wait, what movie? I do, but it see? really is the the Dan in real life one. Right? Oh, yeah. Steve yeah, yeah, Carell. Yeah. Yep. This is how it came up last time when we That's right. discussed Norbert Leo Butts for 15 minutes. But it really is. I mean, even if his last name wasn't Butts, just the name Norbert is insane. <laughs> I know. I know. Why did they get, why did they do that, man? It's almost Norbit. Yes. Yeah. I, think I mean, I the think first he's... time I heard it, I probably thought you guys were mispronouncing Norbit. <laughs> uh, he's, he's from Missouri also. So, I mean, I don't know if the, how that plays into Norbert. But just, you know, something to throw out there at all. I would think a New York guy would be a Norbert or maybe a uh, 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 I don't know. Like I would say a guy from the 1850s would be a Norbert. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Norbert. Uh, <laughs> you think his friends call him Bert or uh, Nor Bert? <laughs> I think is the Leo think, in there so he can just go by Leo? That's oh, what no. I would do. That's the move I would make. Absolutely. I think Norby. Hmm. No. Yeah, I hate that. Because <laughs> he he would tell people not to do that. If like that came up, he'd be like, uh, I don't like being called Norby. Call me Norbert. I have this uh uh Ne- cousin named Hugh, <laughs> and I had this is he was named pre Hugh Jackman, and uh, or Hugh Jackman, Hugh Grant even he was named before those guys were famous, and it was the first time I'd ever heard the name Hugh, and I was like, uh, uh, hey Huey, when he was like a baby, I was like a teenager, I was just trying to be like a normal guy, and I was like, hey Huey, and his dad <laughs> was like, do not call him Huey, I. Hate <laughs> Nicknames, and I was like, "All right, dude, cool." <laughs> hey, if you don't want your child to be named or nicknamed Huey, then uh, <laughs> Hugh is a stay away zone. Then probably true. Uh, pe- speaking of people who don't like you to throw a Y at the end of their name, uh, our old pal Mike Spears on assignment this week uh, with with Pudge, the champion, having some uh, some normal medical issues. Uh, so, you know, nothing to be concerned about, but uh, needs a little, he had a little snip snip and uh, needs the watchful eye of our old pal, Mike Spears. So Mike will be back with us next week. Uh, but it is me, Nate and Murder Brian for this week. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW. Of course, you can follow our personal accounts. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fuji. Hey, Brian is at Murder X Brian. Brian, have you gotten close to the the old accounts numbers yet, or how's that going? Oh, I'm getting there. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty close. I, I think I haven't looked in a while, but I think I'm like two thousand away or something like that. Which makes me think I would have sixty thousand or seventy thousand or whatever if I hadn't lost the old account, which. That was a true travesty. I've never been suspended on Twitter ever. Not once. So losing my account was a real, that was a real blow. I still follow that account just on the possibility that it comes back one day. Well, now it's not coming back because it's gone. I I just am (laughs) not even trying to get it back. All right. And like, uh, uh, even if, they were like you can have it back i'd be like mm, nah I, i'm here now sure if it just feels like i've been here now for like a year so it's like ah, eh, i'll just stay here it's fine i like the x it makes me seem like a collab or something i don't know <laughs> yes collaboration <laughs> of brian and murder <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you are listening to the show and you have not subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe to the uh, individual feed. That's the only way to get this show uh, on a subscription basis going forward. So just type everything elite into whatever podcatcher that you use. Or if you go to our Twitter account, we've got a link tree. You hit that, uh, you'll find our individual feed right there, along with our Patreon, which is a great place to go if you want to support the show. And something else is on our link tree. Also, I think our Twitter account, but I've told you to go get the link tree from our Twitter account. So you already know where that is at that point. Uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. More important than ever to make sure uh, we do whatever we can to help people find the show they want to listen. So 
we would really appreciate that. A couple of folks did recently. We appreciate your help and support. Uh, but the show, as it usually is, is not not changing very much. Uh, we're going to kick off the show as we'd like to do with Elite or Delete. If you're listening to this show for the first time on EE150, here's just where we say what we liked and didn't like on this week's episode of Dynamite. We're going to let our guest kick it off. So, Brian, what was your favorite thing from tonight's Dynamite? Well, here's the thing. I think everybody's favorite thing was the same thing. So I am going to say that my favorite thing is the setup of Darby versus Billy Gunn. That is (laughs) an incredibly exciting match for me. Uh, and even just seeing the promo got me so fucking excited. I thought they were going to put him against one of his sons, which I'm also okay with, but fucking Billy Gunn versus Darby is cool. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Uh, pretty unexpected because they, you know, turned the gun club heel against no more BS Paul White and then just really didn't <laughs> do anything. Just, you know, Paul White wasn't mad about it. Cody never came back and got involved, even though. They were like in his unit <laughs> and Cody's just like, no, it's fine. I don't care. It's, you know, water under the bridge. Uh, but the act of the young club has pretty much been good every time they've been on TV or even just like ringside on dynamite. Uh, and they were very funny here and it's a very funny match. And Darby played it perfectly where he's just like, fuck it, whatever. Okay. I'll wrestle Mr. Ass. That's fine. I'll wrestle the one Billy Gunn. Uh, and he'll wrestle the sons. Um, Colton, you know, Colton's obviously the black sheep of the family. Uh, but then Austin also had the little I like turtles thing, which uh, they've done before. But Austin delivered on the on the delivery of it. So, yeah, this was uh, a, a pleasant little swerve. Brian, what did you think about the gun boys uh, going shirtless for this segment? I mean, I love it when people show up either shirtless or without any gear on or with gear on that sounded like I wanted them naked. Um, (laughs) I like it. I like it when like, it seems like a guy came to do a promo and, but he showed up in gear or he showed up without a shirt on. Like, and it's like the most unnatural way to ever show up to anything. And uh, I love it. Cause like, really they're not wrestling tonight, even though Billy Gunn is wrestling tonight, but they're not. Um, so him, them showing up shirtless is, is like really funny. I like that. They could have, you know, if they wanted to even level this up a little bit more, they could have done the pack and also just been soaking wet for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, because it looks crazy when pack was still overseas and, uh, when pack was still overseas and they were talking, they were doing promos on video with him and he was wetting in gear. I was like, God damn, that's so funny. He's, he was doing that in WWE though. And uh, like near the end of me watching it, there was like a, a, a interview segment with him where Vince just basically was like, uh, talk about how ugly you are. Which, <laughs> Cause that was, I think always when he was a heel, that was Vince's go-to. So then like um there is this one where they're sitting in a room that looks like like the famous room Jim Rome got slapped around in sure. where 
Yeah, where you're in like a studio and Pac was just sitting in a chair in gear without a shirt <laughs> on. And I thought, this is the greatest character thing you could ever do. It's just when I, you have too much masculinity that just bursts out of your clothes. Yes. I can't decide if I want... Okay, I definitely want them to just do move for move one of two matches when they wrestle. One is Darby versus Walter from Evolve and Billy Gunn plays Walter. Two is Tanahashi versus Billy Gunn and Darby <laughs> does Tanahashi. Which do you think will be better? Those are both great ideas. Um, I'd like to to pitch Darby versus Walter, but Darby is Walter and Billy Gunn is Darby. <laughs> I mean, Darby versus Tanahashi <laughs> would be funny because you could have Billy Gunn get his ass, his tights pulled down. So you see his ass. Yes, absolutely. Match. And that would be a nice little callback that people would appreciate. I think I don't I even people that didn't appreciate it would love it. <laughs> So when we think about the four pillars, you've got Sammy. He's got the little cheeky trunks. You see a little bit of his butt. I think MJF, you can see some of his butt in his trunks. Darby. Well, uh, and wait, who's the who's the fourth one? Who's not Darby? Jungle, Jungle Boy? Jungle Boy. Y you yeah. definitely see Jungle Butt, without a, without a doubt. Darby shows no butt, so this might be an opportunity for him to show butt. It's too maybe. small. It's, yeah, it's, maybe. It's I mean... Mr. Ass's ass is juicy. That's the butt you want to see. Yeah, I think I think this is probably a conscious choice by Darby. He wants to, you know, maybe his butt doesn't compare favorably to those other three butts. So he's going to differentiate himself by covering the butt. That's smart. You have to make yourself stand out from uh, your peers. So Good job, Darby. Uh, Nate, what was your favorite thing from tonight's show? I think it's been left out on a platter for you, bud. Um, well, I don't know what everyone seems to have a consensus on being the highlight of this show, because I don't think I'm going to pick what, what Brian was going to pick. Because uh, I thought this main event was really good. <laughs> oh, oh wow. yeah. No, you, oh, you wow. picked the exact thing that I wasn't going to pick. Yeah. That was crazy. That's a yeah. crazy pick. It was a good match. Uh, I mean, you know, probably benefited from my low expectations, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, you know, Brian, no higher on Jay Lethal than the rest of us here. Um, but I thought Sammy really went out there and had a great, like, valiant babyface performance. Um, showed a little more depth in terms of what he can do in a wrestling match. You know, he's not all topes and dives and ladder spots and you know, flying three rows into the audience and, you know, doing his cocky prick stuff. Like uh, they did a whole spot during the ad break where he was down with the ribs being hurt and Doc Sampson came over and he did some great, uh, you know, sort of begging off there and, and telling Doc Sampson, no, I think it's hurt. I think it's broken right here. He's right specifically there, man. I think it's broken and, and showing frustration uh, and then getting back into the ring and, you know, challenging Jay to come on and fight him, fuck off, et cetera. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, Jay lethal, totally competent, uh, partner in there with Sammy. They had some nice technical exchanges in the beginning. Uh, and then they really escalated very well throughout the match, uh, and got into the big Sammy spots that, you know, and love the table dive was awesome. Uh, and the crowd was super hot and super into it the whole time. I couldn't believe 
how hot Jay Lethal was when he came out. Got a big reaction, maybe a bigger reaction than Sammy got. Uh, but Sammy really won him over, I think, in the course of a match with a fake injury stoppage, which is not easy to do. So, yeah, I mean, that that was uh, the surprise of the night to me. And often that's the thing that I most enjoy on the show, uh, as I'm sure listeners may have noticed that when something sneaks up on me and surprises me and, and exceeds my expectations, that's what excites me. It gets me going, yeah, all right, this is this is happening. Oh, no. I have to say, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're allowed to say. I'll say this. I, well, I think that the reason I didn't like it very much was because I don't like any Jay Lethal matches. Like, I just don't think I like how he works, I guess. Sammy was great in it. I did, like, have a weird kind of nobody else was <laughs> selling damage from the pay-per-view except for Sammy who came out like he was dying from a match that I don't remember thinking was especially brutal. Well, he did the big laddered spot. That's true. That is true. That was a huge spot. I don't remember what else he did. I have no idea what else he did. I just thought it was from getting hit with a kendo stick or something. So I was like, "Mm, I wouldn't Mm. sell that. Yeah, the the match uh, was was good it was fine uh I'm, i don't like 100 percent disagree with you nate and they what was definitely successful about it was i think a lot of us and not just because a lot of us hate jay lethal but a lot of us were kind of worried or scared you know that uh, that lethal was going to win the match and they did a good job of building the match that way but if you Watch the road to and the way that they built the match on there. It was all about Jay Lethal really putting over Sammy as like this very credible champion and very credible wrestler. And so the story of the match is really like not only can he beat this, you know, 20 year veteran or whatever, but even with the fucking broken ribs or whatever, like he's better than this guy. He can still do it like you were talking about, Nate, as far as it just being a very good babyface performance uh so it was successful from like any perspective it was a successful match it's just uh, just kind of a bummer to hear like the crowd be so excited about jay lethal <laughs> it just bummed me out really more than anything there i just is... can't fucking believe it. i can't <laughs> even like anybody who's watched him over the years has to have been let down several times to- i really 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 cannot think of a match i've liked him in i i think i was like more excited to see the romantic touch when i went to ring of honor concert well the uh me and tj hawk had the same thought which was this was a lot like the aj styles jay lethal match from final battle in like 2015 which was improbably good uh and also was worked around the idea of aj Styles having a really hurt back so they had kind of the same layout there um, so there's one other match. I I have a couple of thoughts on why Jay Lethal is so over. First, um, the the pomp and circumstance music, people go apeshit for that. And they have at the top of his music, like people go wild for that at high school graduations. That's a great song. And then you add in like the Macho Man connection uh, and wrestling fans just have like a built in reaction to that. Um, I also I think Jay Lethal probably benefits from doing memorable things when promotions were hot and then 
when he's boring, nobody's watching the promotions. Like his, you know, his, his like promo battles or impersonations or whatever as Macho Man and Ric Flair going back to like TNA. I bet those have a shitload of views on YouTube. Those are probably the things that are passed around YouTube and, and wrestling conversations that we're not a part of and people go wild for. Uh, and then when people weren't watching YouTube anymore or, or watching TNA anymore, that's when he wasn't doing anything. Same with uh, Aaron. You were talking about his run as the TV champion in Ring of Honor, where when Ring of Honor was really hot, that's when Jay Lethal was coming up as a TV champion and, and winning the world title from Jay Briscoe. And people remember that. Uh, and then when he was, you know, having the boring world ch- title reign, people weren't watching. So they, they don't remember it. So I think that plays into it. I uh, also want to say just in terms of this match, they really got right into it right away. They didn't, uh, you know, work a bunch of holds to begin with. They really went right to like Sammy trying to hit his finish and shit. And, you know, we're, we're two years into the promotion now. I shouldn't still be surprised by this kind of thing. But, like, Sammy Guevara setting up his finish and, like, the whole arena of whatever it was, 6,000 people, like, reacting to it is like, wow, that many people watch AEW often enough that they know Sammy Guevara's finish, like, right away. That's kind of amazing to me. So, yeah, I liked it. Uh, Mike also made the point earlier in the Discord that uh, Sinclair is, is in this area pretty heavy you know so he could legitimately have just big roh fans in the building uh and lethal definitely was on bte a lot uh you know in the early days so there's kind of a built-in fan base for him there also so that makes a lot of sense um i get it it just (laughs) depresses me a little is really all all right well gosh now i have like well, literally the list of three things that I made, uh, neither of you picked any of them. So I guess I'll just do the the boring one, which is what I anticipated one of you would say, which is, well, I'm going to cheat and do a bunch of things, basically, because it's this whole first part that starts with the Adam Page, Brian Danielson face-off. You know, we go from the celebration into this face-off between them. And then into the the Danielson and Evil Uno match, and I had a real concern, and I felt a little better about it when I saw that Full Gear did so well in pay per view buys. So I was saying on uh, Light this morning that it feels like there's just not a lot of buzz for AEW right now, or not as much as you would expect. And when Adam Page first came out, I was he got a pretty good reaction, but I was still like, I don't know, is this like a big star? Is this guy the world champion? And whether he is or isn't, Brian Danielson came out and made sure that he was by giving the perfect thing for him to play against, immediately making sure the crowd uh, played along, knew exactly that Adam Page is the guy you're going to cheer for and prove that he is, you know, one of the best pro wrestlers of all time in like every aspect of pro wrestling. And then they like heat up this match in five minutes to where all you want to see is Adam Page beat Brian Danielson and then flow that right into a suddenly very hot Brian Danielson Evil Uno match where the crowd is, uh, you know, virulently against him. They want to see Evil Uno win and then right into a post-match promo where Danielson keeps ratcheting it up. So just a beautiful, whatever this was, 25 minutes of television Great feud, great angle, great story. It just all rocks. 
Yeah, I liked the Brian and Hangman confrontation. That was done really well. You know, Hangman does not have like a charisma where he just like pops off the screen and it like, you know, he gets on the mic and you're like transfixed by what he's saying or because he's so engaging or whatever. But it's nice that he has like enough like sincerity and, and genuineness or seeming the seeming seemingly sincerity uh, where you still just have, like like him. And he's just clever enough, like the the line about, hey, I uh, I noticed I beat Kenny Omega in under 30 minutes. How about that? Like you're like, oh, yeah, he fucking got one up on this other guy. Like he outsmarted him. He got him with the good comeback. Uh, and you like that. Uh, that was all great. Danielson was next level in terms of like coming out to a crowd who, I mean, the crowd didn't like go wild for Danielson either, uh, but he amplified that and really turned him around and amplified the crowd reaction uh, with this heel promo on Hangman and was tremendous. Uh, I have to imagine, I think Thoris was talking about this. I, I'm guessing this was going to be John Moxley's spot because John Moxley had been teasing that heel turn. Uh, and talking about, you know, calling out Hangman in particular in his promos going back uh, a couple months now even. Uh, so this would have been very logical for John Moxley to be right here. But you've got a guy like Danielson who can, like, on a dime turn. And, well, I, and I, I shouldn't even say that because he's playing the heel in this storyline. But it didn't change his character any. He's still just being the guy who's an ass kicker, who's sadistic, who wants to go out and win matches and have violence. Uh and it's just like, as he's positioned opposite Hangman, this is sort of the uh, the role that he falls into. So that's great. Uh, you know, I, I got to be honest. I, the, the match, I didn't like Uno a ton in the match. I don't know. Uno's offense doesn't get me excited, and that's a lot of what I look for in a pro wrestler is like cool and uh, hard-hitting offense. And Uno has great offensive spots when he's in there with Stu Grayson and they're doing double-team moves and shit. But when Uno's in there in a singles, um, I don't know. It just kind of looks like his violence level is not matching Brian Danielson's. That's, that's I think, fair to say. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, uh, great opening segment. Man, it's so smart. He, he's so fucking smart and good at, at cut. Like, I was like, man, he when he came into AEW for a while there, I was like, maybe he's just, like, not a good promo or – WWE fucking ruined his brain, and uh, uh, well, we know it oh, did that, but he, but he apparently fixed it, so it's all better now. Yeah, because I, all I could think about was like, man, they they fucking tried. I think I can think of three different times to turn him heel, and it didn't work. And he fucking turned himself heel in one minute. It did. All he had to say is, "I won." at wrestlemania and then <laughs> wrestled the next day and immediately that audience is gonna fucking hate his guts for saying right just for saying wrestlemania like it's a better thing than aw yes. which is nobody's done that yet in this promotion it, cody did the the uh uh throne i guess but nobody has used it to get heat yet and it's very effect. It was so fucking effective. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. That the that he brought up WrestleMania in a way to be like, well, when I won this more important world championship, Hangman. Uh, but did, he didn't say that at all. It's just like the the slimy little subtext of what he was doing there. That was awesome. 
Yeah, he rules. Uh, Nate, I got to say, I've noticed a thing here. Oh, would, okay. Would you agree with me that the crowd was really into this match? Uh, yes. I just find it interesting that when things are bad, you will sometimes defend them by saying the crowd was crowd was into it. But uh-huh. uh, this thing was good and the crowd was into it and you're telling me it was bad. Uh, so it, it was the crowd was into it. How about this? I got you over a barrel. The crowd was into it, <laughs> but only on the basis of the thing that I said was good, which was the Hangman and Brian Danielson segment. Hmm. The crowd heat was all from that segment, and it just got transferred over to the match. the The match did not, you know, contribute to that in a meaningful way. <laughs> all right, the real lawyer like thing going on here. I love it. It's I'm like feel like I'm at, on a high drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is- was successful. I won't argue that it was successful. Just that, you know, I don't feel it in my bones when Evil Uno does his, like, I kind of, I compare Evil Uno to the dreaded evil from New Japan where they have these silly little offensive spots where it's like, well, I'm going to throw your leg over here and I'm, you're going to hit the ref and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it just like, doesn't look like he's beating him up. You know, it just kind of looks like he's doing little do does with him. Yeah. Uh, Listener Elite, uh, and if you want to have a Listener Elite featured on the show, you just got to join our Patreon and jump in the Discord, where we have a channel devoted to it. Uh, As always, I'm going to pick a new, I'm not sure if a new patron or just a new member of our Discord, because I don't think we talked about the Adam Page part of this enough. I kind of focused on uh, Brian Danielson, really. But uh, patron Tracy A says the Elite pick is AW letting a champion celebrate in their hometown or home state without looking like a dork. I thought, you know, just you got the dark order out there. The crowd is into it. They had the whole, you know, cowboy shit thing, which was a little, it's gotten a little cringy maybe, but uh, it was, it was fun. It was nice. Not cringy. Don't be a buzzkill. Everything turns Reddit after a certain amount of time. And you can't just be mad at things that are Reddit because they're, if they're actually good. I, I'm, mostly, I see things. I'm mostly mad at having to hear Jim Ross say cowboy shiznit five times <laughs> in the show. Okay, yeah, really. that that's a bummer. Why can't he say shit? Like, is that like a Tony Khan, the announcer should be, uh, um, you know, clean above it? Or is that a JR saying, I shan't use the word shit on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it goes back to remember when like Snoop Dogg did a WWE appearance and for like years afterward, Shawn Michaels was like, it's, I'm the HB Kizzle. And he would do that. Yes. I feel like it comes from that where JR is like, oh, the kids think it's cool to say shiznit. it? Ugh. It's hard to it's very, very hard to uh, hear him say <laughs> that. I just say shit, Jr. Come on, everybody on this show says shit. It's like almost mandatory to have it at least three times in an episode. Which, by the way, I listen to a ton of wrestling podcasts, and all of them are like, "Oh, they say shit too much." I disagree with that, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that they're adding like fucks in now too, because like just the more they talk like adults, the happier it makes me. Yeah, Danielson had a had an audible fuck, I think, when he fired up. Yeah. Have we said that? Have we said they say shit too much? Uh, uh, I, I don't I know. I think I have. I think I've said it. Yeah, I think it's a fucking... I, but I do think it's like a fair reflex after 
you know, in WWE, you'd be watching it and it's bitch in that company. And it's just somebody saying, and you're somebody's bitch. And you're <laughs> supposed to be like, oh my God, I can't. And like, I understand that. But like, I feel like they use shit like adults use shit in this show. Yeah, the I think the trap you fall into is if you think just saying the word shit or saying the word bitch makes what you're saying cool or effective, then it's becomes Reddit. Uh, when they just do it naturally, then I think it it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to talk about things we didn't like from the show. And frankly, there just weren't a lot of things I didn't like on the show. So we're going to have to... Or at least I'm going to have to dig deep. We'll see. Brian, what was your uh, delete pick for this week? I I did like this whole show pretty much. I can't think of anything that I super hated. So I was just going to say Jay Lethal just because as a general rule, I don't like Jay Lethal. I, you know, say what you, I, the, the called out thing is really bad. But before that happened, I didn't like Jay Lethal. I didn't. I I started watching Ring of Honor during his Truth Martini run, and I hated it. I just thought it fucking sucked every week, and it was just like a boring match after boring match. And uh, so I guess just him. But Nate, you did say something earlier that I wanted to circle back to when you said that Adam page doesn't have like charisma that sort of jumps off the screen and like i remember when he was in the decade with bj <laughs> whitmer and the last thing i wanted to see was adam page on my tv <laughs> like i hated it in the same way yeah. that i i dislike lethal uh i saw him as like a, a guy that doesn't really have charisma that kind of wrestles a boring style of match and he's come so far since then yeah, I mean, I was pro decade, but I do remember Adam Page. Like, he almost seemed like the the pimply convenience store kid from The Simpsons. Like, that was kind of the <laughs> the vibe. Yeah, like his his hair was like a little. I'm just burying like ten years ago Adam Page now. Had like kind <laughs> kind of greasy hair going on, uh, and you were like, "What is what does this guy have?" Like, um, but yeah, I mean, we can bucket. He carried a bucket <laughs> to this to the ring for B.J. Whitmer and Roderick Strong, which. Listen, Roderick Strong kicks ass, and uh, I, I, I'm BJ Whitmer pilled. I've always <laughs> been that way, and I will never badmouth that guy. Even though I've, he, I've never seen a good match with BJ Whitmer, but I like him. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no, a real I, difference between him and Lethal. I don't think I've ever seen a crowd get more heated than I did uh, after BJ Whitmer cut a heel promo in Chicago Heights at a Ring of Honor show, and. The show seriously got derailed for like, I don't know, eight plus minutes to the point where they had to like rush through the next segment because they spent too much time on the crowd booing BJ Whitmer out of the building. <laughs> and Whitmer is like, uh, um, Whit Whitmer is like in AEW. So you can be Whitmer pilled and still be AEW pilled too. So it's very convenient. I yes. wish I'd saw him more. It honestly took a long time for me to, I think, get over the uh, the Adam Page decade thing. Like, I mean, I hated. I mean, I I did not like BJ Whitmer. I can't join this. 
I did not like the Boo. decade. And therefore, Boo. Adam Page uh, was was bad to me. And it really, you know, Nate was the one who tried to start turning me around. He's giving me the decade sign. Who tried the to Illuminati start Illuminati triangle? Yeah, yeah. He tried to start turning me around at the what was that show? It MSG, was Dakota Bushi. He... No, no, no. The Kota Bushi no. match in New Orleans. New Orleans. The the yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring of Honor. New Orleans. Kota Bushi. Yeah. And, uh, At and I were were cheering for Ibushi, and Nate uh, tried to tell us that we were wrong and. You know, history has has proven Nate right. I must say, I swear I, I think MSG turned me around, and I don't even know if I've ever seen the match. But people were like, "Hey, man, Hangman Page is like really good," and Nate was one of the first people on that. And then I don't think he the, was on MSG, was he? I thought he was. No, no, I think you're talking about New Orleans. You were in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans, but I did not go to the Ring of Honor oh. show because I think I had to work that night. I had to do oh, a show right. the yeah, night we had the Ring this, of Honor. We had to choose between. Yeah, that's right. Shit. Yeah, so I, that means, I had that, to work. That means we're also admitting that we went to Ring of Honor instead of going to Street Fight. <laughs> I, I would have, too. I wanted to do that. If I well, could have got it out wasn't of the that, There was a show. lot of Bully Ray. There was way more Bully Ray at Ring of Honor than there was <laughs> yeah, Street yeah. Fight. <laughs> that's okay but street fight was a show in a bar uh where they only had one microphone and it's two guys and they had to pass the microphone back and forth so <laughs> i think you made the right decision but yeah wherever i, I don't remember where page somebody started saying he was good and then the next few matches I saw with him, I was like, oh, fuck, he's really good. And and then, uh, uh, you know, I was at all the first AEW pay-per-views, too, all, like uh, all in and all out and all that stuff. And, and like, I really started to like him then. I just I, I think it's funny because, like, people that maybe didn't watch his Ring of Honor run. Uh, would probably think it's weird that you said he doesn't like have natural charisma because he's always been like a charismatic guy in AEW. Yeah, I just um, he he's like he seems clever. He seems very likable. He seems sincere. He seems funny, um, and he's he's hit on some really good like catchphrases. And he's also like a you know even when he was doing the the you know depressed cowboy thing it's like he also has just the innate sense of wrestling where it's like no i'm like i fucking beat kenny omega's ass like i'm i'm gonna take that and plant my flag in it and i'm the baby face and i win and i'm good um but he doesn't just like i don't know who do you compare him to he's not cm punk where cm punk you're just hanging on every single word he says where you're like oh this guy like uh he's not eddie kingston where he's like you could put this guy in front of a camera for 15 minutes and you could put that in a major motion picture and it'd be the most compelling thing in the movie. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the comparison, but to get back to your delete, um, Jay lethal, we don't like him. Uh, no Briscoes on this show. The Briscoes were apparently backstage. Uh, but that was also, that was also a little bit of a, a delete. I mean, you know, people have also very valid complaints about the Briscoes, but they at least started the Briscoe rehabilitation tour. Uh, the other night with Ian Riccoboni tweeting about him. Um, so I kind of was like, oh, are they going to put the put all their problematic eggs in one basket and have a Team Ring of Honor thing out here with Jay Lethal and the Briscoes? But maybe just visiting. Man, I really wanted... I, I actually made this argument on Twitter. I said, if you're going to take the hit for hiring a problematic act, 
it should have been the Briscoes. Take the Briscoes hit over the Jay Lethal hit. Yeah, I mean they're they're just considerably more exciting in the in the ring. Yeah, and as characters. Yeah, I think I think we're both kind of not doing the whole deal because all three of us, including Mike, went on at some length on the full guarantee reaction about why we hate Jay Lethal and how much we didn't want to see him. So I think we just don't want to repeat that. But I guess, you know, to the extent you are not a patron and you are just listening to the free show, the point is simply that, you know, it's an easy Google that there are lots of uh, allegations against Jay Lethal related to uh, grooming and and uh, sexual misconduct of, of various stripes. And it's, uh, like I said, easy to find uh, all those accusations online. So I suggest that you do and, uh, you know, make up your mind about whatever. But yeah, just would not like to see Jay Lethal if I could avoid it. Um, my last point about Adam Page, or really just in you know, what you guys were talking about, is I think that he's just, he's kind of an acquired taste. He, he's not really where he steps out and you're like, oh, holy shit, this is like a guy that I've got to key in on. But once you, you know, it's like the promo that I said was, you know, one of the best promos of all time. It's that because you're like invested in his story. If you just tuned in to watch that show, I'm not sure that promo would have grabbed you in any real way. But it's the thing over time that you uh, buy into with the guy. So I'm interested to see how his how his title ring goes. Uh, Nate, what's your delete pick? Yeah, so I also had trouble finding really a, a bad segment on the show. I don't think any of the segments were were poorly executed. Um, and we covered, covered Jay Lethal and, you know, he's in the main event spot. Um, so I guess by the thing that's most annoying me, a, a refrain that we've done often before on this show, they're doing this angle with Britt Baker now where her new line is that she's gone through everybody and there's nobody left to challenge for her women's title. So she's focusing all of her attention now on Jamie Hayter and her being in the TBS title tournament, um, which, you know, first of all, it, it's very weird to have a second title being introduced um, when you can't do stories for your first title. Um, and granted, a lot of the women that would be challengers for Britt Baker's world title are in the TBS tournament. So they have a convenient out to say, well, you know, these people can't challenge for her belt because they're in this tournament for this other belt, which they also want instead of this main belt, which don't understand it either. Um, but Riho is in this company, is never on television, is in the United States. Uh, it gets big reactions every time she's out there for dark and, and got big reactions when she was champion of this company. Britt Baker has never beaten her. Uh, and again, Riho, a former, the first women's champion in this company. I mean, the, tr- the fact of the matter is that's like a, a promo language thing. The truth of the situation is uh, it's probably that Britt Baker is like her. There's probably a lot of things in this company that, you know, we don't see somebody for X number of weeks and it's because they're hurt and nursing an injury or whatever. So they're getting some time off. And honestly, a lot of those things would bar- bother me less if like Tony Khan would just leak to Meltzer or whatever, like this person's hurt. That's why they're not being used. Uh, but we don't know. They just, people just disappear. But we know that Riho isn't hurt. Uh, so it's probably Britt Baker that's like nursing an injury or something. But of course, Britt is the entire division. It's the Britt Baker division. So, 
you know, obviously you can't take the belt off her. You can't take her off TV. You just have to have this idea that, no, there's nobody left for me to face. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of women she could face. And in particular, she should just do a title program with Riho while the TBS title tournament's going on. Uh, and then, you you know, if you really want to cement Britt Baker as the top woman, she could beat the former champion who she's never beaten. <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, they're not going to do that for whatever reason. Uh, probably because they don't have time because the TBS title tournament is the story they're doing. And that's going to take up X number of matches, and they only can do one match per show. So they, yeah, I agree with everything you said. The other thing that annoyed me about this was Brit is like, all right, I'm going to put all the focus on Jamie, and then she just went back to talking instead of like letting. I mean, Jamie didn't say a word in this segment, and if you ever watched Stardom, Jamie is like extremely charismatic a very good talker just a fun person to to watch she's very entertaining so it's just like uh you know you could actually use this to help elevate someone and make someone else but instead it you know it's just got to be about brit mm. yeah alvarez uh, keeps talking about brit having a bad wrist on wrestling observer so i guess like if her wrist is fucked up this is fine for a story to tell, but, uh, you're totally right. What like with like hangman page, not with hangman with Kenny Omega, they would just kind of put him in championship matches that were guys like, there's no realistic chance that this guy was ever going to beat him. And, uh, it was just to put him in a program. So he would be doing something. So I hate, they do this thing in this company where, they feel like they have to put somebody on TV, but they don't want to put them in a program yet or start the program that they're in. And then they just have them tread water when like, you could have just not had Brit on TV tonight. You all like, it's the same thing that happened with Dan Lambert. Like the guy ended up getting heat after like a month of just meandering nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about promos and then also they did the same thing with darby and sting for a period of time where they were just like they were in limbo cutting the same promo every week and it's like just don't fucking put them on tv then i guess and then when they come back it'll mean People will be really excited to see him. People aren't going to forget about Britt Baker if she's not on TV for a week. Yes, but then you'd have to put other women on television, Brian, and that's just, it's hard to do. Um, I, you know, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida just put them in another match. People love that. Actually, no, think, it's not bad. I'm no, I think Brian's trolling me, I think is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess it's my turn uh i've just been kind of scrolling through the notes here to see if there was something else that i didn't like and there wasn't really so i'm just going to pick the thing that i was least excited about you know on like a normal show where there was a thing that i really hated uh, this wouldn't even you know register for me but this the stuff related to the Super Click versus Jurassic Express feud, I just thought was the least compelling stuff on the show, uh, especially, you know, no shock, the Jurassic Express and Christian pre-tape 
later in the show. It's just like, okay, Jungle Boy pinned one of the Young Bucks. He uh, he became violent and, you know, kind of overcame that, did the whole uh, concerto thing. What else is there to do in this story? Why does it need to continue? It just seems like the Young Bucks ought to, and, and Cole should just move on to something else and kind of get their heat back in that way. And Jungle Boy should go to something, I mean, I know not necessarily bigger because those guys are all big, but he should go to something else, something different he can win to keep pushing him up the card. Singles. He should be in a singles feud. It, it's, I mean, put him, I guess like the, the idea might be revolution having him and Cole in their singles match. So they have to keep them in this thing because they can't put them against each other on TV again, or Adam Cole will have pinned him a third time, I guess. So maybe that's why they're keep, they're just keeping them in the same orbit. Yeah. I, I do like the framing device they've been doing with these young bucks promos where they are, they like yell at Brandon color to start and stop the camera or they're like, Hey, Brandon, start taping. And then Brandon starts talking. They all go, shut up, Brandon. Shut the fuck up. God, that's funny to me. Um, the feud. Yeah, that, you know, that seemed like a nice little tidy feud ender on the pay-per-view. But we know they don't like to always, you know, blow off feuds at the pay-per-view. They tend to uh, extend them onto television a lot. Um, so that's was not a, was not unexpected from me. Do you think Tony has is are we seeing a developing problem where maybe he has trouble knowing when to end feuds sometimes? <laughs> Cuz the Hardy family office is thing is so weird like to me. And uh uh with Orange Cassidy. So yeah. I'm just like is there maybe if it's cuz the Cole one, or the uh, Jungle Boy Young Bucks one isn't really uh uh going on way too long but it's kind of like i think people were ready to see them move to the next thing and to see like aaron said so maybe they maybe he's having trouble if something's under the main event level he doesn't really know when to end them yeah and i think it's probably hard to know hey this is the great ending point or oh we can get more out of this um but yeah, there's not, I mean, you know, this was not a feud either where I was like, oh, I got to see this. I got to see this. Like the match, I knew the matches would probably be good. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't light a fire in me or anything. Um, and the matches will probably continue to be good. Honestly, if we want to find an easy complaint for it, it's that the direction that it seems to be going in is Cole and Bobby Fish as a team instead of the super click. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's. That you know, you're just downgrading there. That's a that's a unequivocal downgrade. Uh, but maybe this is again the the preamble to the Kyle O'Reilly coming in, and then whatever they're doing, because you know they got to have all the factions breaking apart and and joining together and splitting apart. So if they're going to undisputed era versus the Young Bucks, they did uh, they did a nice little job of playing up some tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega in the first segment where. You know, Adam Cole was trying to say, cleaner, I got this. And Kenny's like, eh, I wasn't talking to you, really. So that's probably a future direction also. They, they planted those seeds a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably the, <laughs> the obvious complaint. Again, it's just Bobby Fish. Oh, yeah, because 
I, I was as I was fantasy booking that on light this morning. I was thinking like, oh, how does Adam Cole end up? But you're right; it's undisputed era versus Bucks and Omega, right? That's like the that's the obvious uh, way for that to go. Uh, I was too busy thinking about well, what happens when Kevin Steen shows up, uh, which was maybe putting uh, the cart in front of the horse. Yes, yeah, that's, that's way same. in Jan. I think that's the end of January would be the earliest that he could show up. But O'Reilly and Gargano both are done at the beginning of December, from what I understand. I'm going to be in. If all those guys come in, if it's just like, no, we watched your show because we didn't want to watch NXT, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they're the all war. coming. They're fucking I think coming, they're buddy. All coming. Yep. Yeah, I can't I imagine him turning down any one of those three guys and then Kevin Steen, but maybe he slows down a little bit after Steen is in because I think at that point, I, I you got to get all those guys, I guess. I, I would imagine people love all of those guys. So even if you don't like Bobby Fish, he's very popular. Yeah. Plus, uh, now that we're independent, this is a pro DIY podcast. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Anything? Not Champa though. Not no. I no, I know me. what you're saying. I don't like Champa. <laughs> I don't like your joke. <laughs> well, what's new? Nate? The the ongoing <laughs> story of everything elite is me making jokes that Nate doesn't like. I feel like I laughed at one the other Some, day. Someone's going to do a thread one day that is the the Nate versus Aaron thread. And it's going to be very popular. It's going to go viral. <laughs> uh, listener Delete is from another new patron or new person in the Discord, one or the other, Grinder, uh, Not the app, as far as I know. I don't believe the app has become sentient and entered our Discord. Uh, but patron Grinder. I'm, I'm a no on that joke also, Aaron, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Brian. Thanks a lot. But you're a guest on this show, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I uh, think if you would have said, I just if I was going to help you out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Bit, yeah, punch I, up the joke. Oh, this is good. Professional, professional <laughs> Brian comedian. is a professional comedian. Absolutely. I would have maybe said that the guy that runs Grinder signed up for your patreon so then okay. it's like the app doesn't have to become sentient <laughs> it can just be a guy that works for a company okay that's where i went wrong brian how much uh how much would i have to pay you to review my jokes each week on the show and kind of give me some <laughs> tips on punching the, the comedy up uh, nothing I would do that. I already fucking listen to the show every episode, yeah. so I might as well like pop in there and say, "Here's how I might have done it." But you know what? That's not helpful for you. <laughs> you know, I might disagree. It might be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then you even have to. I, I I think part of the charm for me is that I would have done it differently. Maybe sometimes it'll catch me every once in a while. Aaron, I think your jokes are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I think people, not Nate, uh, enjoy my bad jokes sometimes. I think there's, I think it's okay. But, uh, you know, Mike's giving me the thumbs up. So, uh, but yeah, actually, now that I think about that Brian is on this show, I am uh, suddenly much more self conscious about my bad jokes <laughs> since Brian is not that, uh, not that you're not funny, Nate, but, uh, you know, I find Brian particularly I'm not, funny. I'm not paid to be funny. 
no, you're paid to be controversial. <laughs> All right, I like that though. That's what I wish I was getting paid to do. That's, that's fun. The dream. Okay, well, here's Grinder's delete. The guy who works at Grinder, the Grinder app. All right. Yeah. He's talking about the guy with <laughs> the guy with. Just let me get through this for Christ's sake. The guy with the "This is awesome" sucks sign, prompting a "This is awesome" chant. And Grinder points out it's dumb on multiple levels because you can only lift the sign if the match is so good that people are chanting, and then people chant at you to make you shut up anyway. I hated the sign too. I hate that. I see that sign uh, like every, and, and I don't like a lot of. The, I don't like fight forever. I'm, I'm not like fond of or both these guys or anything like that. Like I don't like any of that stuff. But it's like you know, complaining about it is just. I mean, it's better than I'll take those chants over the guy that sits behind you at the wrestling show that thinks he's like really funny and he's like informing everybody around him. Like, I'll take any of those chants over that. Yeah, I don't like most of the chants. Um, I think I I think I have become more less tolerant of signs in general. I really the signs that often annoy me are the signs that are like sign this person or hire this other person those if i was a wrestler and they had you know sign a in the crowd i would be so embarrassed <laughs> like and you see them on every show I, I'm, I'm sure dan hasn't probably has one on every show i don't think he's telling people to go do it but no. now i would be so embarrassed if every week it was like i don't know if you're really helping by by adding the promotion adding tony khan and being like sign this person only... I mean, if Tony Khan wanted Danhausen, he could really easily have gotten Danhausen. <laughs> it's like I get it when it's like sign. I don't know Kevin Owens or something. You, you know, like a guy like that, where it's like really there was exciting. a there was a sign Keith Lee one today. <sighs> I mean, I, old... I I like Keith Lee. He's coming in too. Yes, for sure. He is. He's coming in. Yeah. So that's another guy that's coming in. The the rotation for pay-per-view cycles off is going to be so cool unless they just do four hour fucking pay-per-views every time now. But like the rotation now for, you know, because the, the big stars, a lot of them will get a pay-per-view cycle off and it's like. Man, they're gonna get so much time off. That that's why it's probably the best place to sign. If I'm like Kevin Owens, I'm like, I'm fucking home six days a week. Like, why wouldn't I do this? Yeah, it's all great for the town. I also want to just as a general, I don't think we're in danger of this ever happening. But there are also a lot of signs that are like support Wrestle Talk Radio or like shouting I out like podcasts or whatever. <laughs> don't don't do one of those for our show. We appreciate. Oh. Again, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't think anybody was planning to. Um, I don't know. I just, it, I find it a little embarrassing. There was a fucking years ago now, somebody brought a Street Fight radio sign to Raw. Oh, I remember and that. It got, on, it got on TV and I thought it was very fucking cool. No, that is cool. But I think mostly because you're not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, because so when you see. Also, it's a cooler see, podcast. 
when you i think it's even worse i think it was on rampage last week or maybe it was at the pay-per-view somebody had like a sign made for their stream that had like their logo on it and i was like that's fucking uncomfortable like i will never watch that stream Yeah, do you think, like, is there somebody out there that's like, oh, oh, what's that sign? Okay, twitch.tv slash, I got to follow this gamer. He was, he attended a rampage. Yes. No, not one person. (laughs) Yeah, that's what makes it bad is that, you know, like so many awful podcasts or whatever have had these signs at shows. So it's like, no, I don't want to be lumped in. Uh, with yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Wrestle Talk was just one I saw. I don't never haven't listened to it. Don't know if it's good or. Oh bad. yeah, no, I don't know, I, I don't know that either. Nothing against those in particular. Just like, oh, I don't, I don't want somebody to have a sign that says everything elite on it. At a, you at a you know what? Can I say what I do dig for some reason is when I see something about Dave Lagreca in the audience, and I'm like, that guy's a real busted open head. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's funny to be a busted open radio guy to me yeah those are uh ubiquitous i would say yes i, I just saw, wanna... uh, i think izzy is in the busted open verse oh, yeah probably i i would bet cody starbuck if you busted open yeah cody starbuck <laughs> i've listened to a few of them uh, uh, busted opens when Tony Khan's on, or like uh, when somebody that I'm interested in hearing, if I hear that they're on, because I have Sirius, so that I can listen to Shock Jocks, and I open <laughs> up the Sirius app, and Busted Open sometime will be there, and it'll be something I'm interested in, and I it's not very good. I mean, it's not a, it's not a very good radio show. I don't think it's like Bully Ray. And fucking this this Dave LaGreca guy. And then on the days Bully Ray's not there, it's Mark Henry. And ooh, those are hard listens. What is what is Bully Ray doing that he can't be on every episode? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what prior bookings does Bully Ray have? He's probably secretly working for Ring of Honor, like when <laughs> Vince Russo was secretly working for TNA. <laughs> That's right, Bully Ray is, is ahead of the in charge of the shutdown. All right, well, let's get into uh, the rest of the stuff on the show that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, we talked about this a little, but it kicked off with the elite backstage. Kenny Omega said he was disgusted, not in a hanger, but in himself. And the elite, you know, lost all their matches on the show. He says he's got some stuff to do. If you guys can hold down the fort, uh, that's when Cole dropped the cleaner. I got this. And they butted heads. A little, uh, but, you know, giving us the hint that Omega is going to be gone from television for a little while. Hey, do you guys think the cleaner I got this guy is either. Do you think he's excited or embarrassed that obviously they make fun of him behind his back? I think he's excited. I think it's I think it's still kind of it's not like an embarrassing line like. Bullet babe detected. Yes, right. Like that's. That's like hide your face, change your name. Cleaner I got this is like, oh, there's there's a humor to it where he's being a little funny. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he was being funny? Nope. Uh-uh. I nope. don't either. But I, <laughs> I do think <laughs> but I do think Cleaner I got this guy is the kind of guy who would have like Kenny Omega replied to my tweet on October 3, 2019 in his bio. <laughs> so 
I bet he would still like that at least they're talking about him, even if they're making fun of him. He is in the conversation between the elite. That's exciting. This went into the Adam Page celebration that we talked about and Danielson coming out uh, and then Danielson versus Evil Uno. Danielson won with the triangle choke and then had the interview after the match in which he said he was going to kick in the heads of every Dark Order member until he wrestles Adam Page. He says next week they're in Chicago and he hears there's a Dark Order member from Chicago. So Colt Cabana is going to get his head kicked in next week. I should say Danielson's heel performance in the match was great. Him doing the uh, the triangle choke and, you know, flexing on the ground, which Mike was tweeting about. That was great. Um, so, you know, he he obviously carried his part of the match with aplomb. Uh, and I did just look up cleaner. I got this guy, Shaney Boy 16. And I'm sad to report that his account was suspended at some point in time. <laughs> Rip. Man, I would hate to know what cleaner I got this guy did. I mean, maybe <laughs> he was awoke uh uh and he didn't like something, you know? And mm-hmm. he was just like, I'm fucking I- I'll kill you. Cause those guys a lot of times will will just be like, I'll I wish somebody would kill you, and then they get <laughs> suspended and then they come back and they're like, I can't believe I got suspended for that. <laughs> Okay, don't talk about Armand in that way. I really don't appreciate it. <laughs> I love Armand. I will <laughs> never, ever cross Armand. I, I am like an Armand reply guy, actually. <laughs> Armand Army. Did I, did I tell you that Armand one day was doing like a, one of those little voice chats that they have on Twitter? Uh, Armand was in there, a couple other guys, and I, w- <laughs> I went in there. And then, but like I was in there for two minutes before they all started trying to figure out who I was. So I just fucking ended up leaving. I was like, I'm trying to hear this. Need to hear Armand's promos. I know. Uh, somebody should have hit you with the Armand L image <laughs> that he posted, which I will be posting in, in replies from now until the end. Of He's the greatest. Eternity. He's the greatest yes, he account. He's yes. he's the most diehard all elite fleet on the internet. And Thank don't you. start replying to him. That's my job. I reply to Armand. <laughs> Leave it to professionals. That's right. Yeah. Ar- Armand, I got this. Brian's got this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh we get an MJF uh, promo from After Full Gear. He says he doesn't have paint on his body. It's Darby's shame. And then he goes into a thing about he keeps hearing all these guys are great wrestlers. People say he's only good at talking. He's mad about that. Uh, And he doesn't know what's next for him. But as he's saying this, he is miming, uh, you know, a title around his way. So he keeps building toward the idea of him challenging for the world title. We had good. It was obviously from right after his match. And that, I think, gave it some good intensity where it didn't feel put on. It just felt like real adrenaline or whatever. Yeah, it looked great, and like I, I was like, they're gonna. It's definitely gonna be him and Paige at the next pay per view. But then, like, what happened later with MJF? Like, I think it threw you off of that, and like, is much fucking ten times more exciting to have MJF with Punk than it is to have him with Paige. Let Paige wrestle. You know, let. Let Paige wrestle through like the beloved people, which Punk has won, but 
you know, doing Brian Danielson and then maybe like another like cool heel, uh, uh, beating, beating like two or three cool heels to, to make them heels. Then we had uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with Eddie Kingston 2.0 and Daniel Garcia interrupted. Uh, They asked if Eddie was telling a sad story. And they said a real sad story is that he didn't last as long with Punk as their son, Daniel Garcia, did. Eddie says, uh, asked Daniel Garcia, you let two grown men call you their son? He doesn't respect Daniel Garcia for that, so he wants to fight him. Uh, And he also wants to go to catering. Yeah, maybe this should have been my elite because I forgot how great this was. That's another great thing about Eddie is you can turn a believable feud out of any five-second interaction. And it's like, oh, yeah, he he fucking hates these guys now. Uh, (laughs) Also, really enjoy Eddie lampshading the fact that there's no promos without interruptions. He's like, one time! One time can I promo without an interruption. So that uh, tickled me. Uh, Eddie's the greatest. Okay, this is actually... Oh, I'm sorry, Brian, go ahead. Oh, no, I liked 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, too. I thought they were super funny. I thought it was very funny to come in and say, are you having a sad day? (laughs) (laughs) Eddie Kingston after the week he had before the pay-per-view. I thought it was a really fucking funny line. You know, you talked about, Nate, about the interruptions thing. I'm shocked that your elite was not that there were no post-match beatdowns on this episode of Dynamite. Is that true? <clears throat> I think so. Wow. I didn't need <laughs> Yeah, because in the chat, in the in the group chat, uh uh with all my best wrestling friends, uh they all thought something was going to happen after the main event. And yeah. I think because you're just so conditioned to be like, well, people don't just stand in a ring without getting beat up. I have to I have to I don't know, not eat crow. I guess I'd have to acknowledge they did a show with no attack angles and I didn't uh, didn't even appreciate it. So that's on me. Um, although there was a Serena Deeb interference. So that's kind of an attack angle. But it was intra-match. Interference is good, though. That's right. Um, a lot of people, a lot of listeners right now feeling bad that they're not one of Brian's best wrestling friends. So... Don't say well, that. No, I, I just, you know. It's exclusive. It's, you know, it's uh, it's, it's me, Aaron, Mike, Brian, and Armand. It's a pretty exclusive club. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's my crew. And it and used to be cleaner I got this guy, but he got suspended. I know. It was so sad when he got kicked out. It was. Uh, Sometimes right. we bring the junkie in just to be mean to him, and then he leaves. <laughs> All right, then we had Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii versus The Butcher and The Blade. Ishii pinned The Blade with a brain buster. Yeah, this was uh, weird and funny. Um, You know, Ishii is like not... He's not suited for like American television, right? Like the the places he shines are like, you know, 22-minute violent wars with other hard-hitting guys. Um, but he still tailored his, his shit here pretty well. And, you know, did his, like, I'm going to headbutt your forearms spot that worked pretty well. Uh, but you imagine like if any other, if any other guy tried to work this match, Ishii worked without his reputation. He'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. 
Really love the spot where Orange did the hot tag by slowly walking across the ring to Ishii. That was perfect. Um, yeah, super weird. <laughs> Ishii's the same height as Ty Conti. That's great. Uh, yeah. It was a weird match, I thought. Like, I, I, I love, like, all the, you know, classic Ishii matches. So, like, having him here in a tag match with Orange Cassidy, with the Butcher and the Blade, uh, on American TV was maybe not the way I thought I would see Tomohiro Ishii if he ever made it to American TV. Yeah, man, I, very weird. I I thought it rocked. I really loved this. I thought it was fun. I thought Ishii was great. I, I mean, honestly, I was really surprised what you said at first, Nate, because my thought was, God damn, this guy uh, jumps off a plane and knows exactly how to work an American TV match. I just thought he perfectly worked his shit in. You're right. I do know his reputation. So that plays into it for sure. But I w- it was just striking to me that every time they've had uh, Kenta, Kojima, uh, Ishii, it's like, oh, yeah, here, I can do a TV match. Here, here it comes. And it's good every time. Yeah, it was definitely good. It was definitely fun. The interplay of Orange and Ishii was funny when, when, or- when Ishii, they did a double team. And they go to, you know, double shoulder block him or whatever. And Orange is just like, I'm not going to do it. You do it. Um, it was good shit. But, yeah, but it's it real fun. Weird. I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. But Ishii even kind of looks different on here than he did in his New Japan matches. Like, he I, he doesn't look as, like, he's not big, but he doesn't look as big as he does in New Japan matches. I don't know if they, like, shoot him from below. So he just kind of seems wider. Uh but I don't know. There's some some weird translation thing where he doesn't quite come across the same, uh, which is kind of why doing a, you know, kind of silly thing with Orange Cassidy is is kind of an inspired use of him. Uh, the during the ad break, they just did like very boring WWE Raw like heel heat on the babyface team, and it was just like, oh, we're gonna do quick tags. And I'm gonna choke you with my foot for five minutes, uh, <laughs> and that that kind of decreased my my hype levels for the match but that would not be something that would uh affect the television product tony shivani was backstage with andrade and ftr andrade says he's going to show cody and pack his bad side and ftr hair says ftr's mad and they want an eight-man tag match why why (laughs) like why do they want an eight-man tag match (laughs) Well, that's the match that's booked for Dynamite next week, Brian. So this is weird. Uh, coming out of the pay-per-view. <laughs> coming out of the pay-per-view, everybody's main fucking thing was like, what the fuck was that Cody match all about? Why was that there? And then they were like, now we're going to do it in an eight-man version. <laughs> You're like, I don't want it. I don't care about this. I think it'd be really funny if Cody just kept adding more over baby faces to his team just as a <laughs> desperate attempt to be loved like in six weeks he's going to have the entire dark order and adam page on his team plus the lucha brothers plus pack <laughs> just keep adding every baby face until it's like please love me there's a, a ty conti pre-tape about you know losing the match with brit but she doesn't feel like she failed and she's not starting from scratch next time that she has a title shot she's going to come out as champion And that led into the uh, Brit, Jamie, and Rebel backstage thing with Tony Schiavone that we talked about. 
uh, setting up Jamie versus Thunder Rosa for next week and into the TBS uh, title tourney match between Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. Uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, there was some interference from Serena Deeb and ultimately Nyla won with a standing stretch muffler, which was frankly a pretty sick finish. That was a really pretty good match. They had a lot of uh, business to do. They had a cool spot with Nyla going through the chair. They had Sheeta getting the kendo stick shots in on Vicky, uh, the running angle. Um, Sheeta was getting really good reactions throughout. I think Nyla has pretty much delivered in all of her recent matches. Um, and I think has had a number of pretty memorable television matches. Uh, so yeah, this was, this was good. And I think a good way to have a, you know, protect Sheeta a little bit, but get Nyla to the next round. Uh, and Hey, we've got like a, a separate from any title now feud with Deeb and Sheeta. Will it go anywhere? I don't know, but it is divorced <laughs> from either Britt Baker or either title. So that's pretty remarkable. Will it end on TV? Will, will the match that happens eventually happen on television is the question. I feel like probably the first match on a rampage sometime. Yeah. Well, no, I would say the the main event of a rampage, as in the last match on rampage, where they, they put the <laughs> big match at the beginning and then the last match is like the main event. But That's it's right. like it's eh. one at one AM, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next we had a Malachi Black pre tape. He says Miriam Webster defines nightmare as and uh, <laughs> Talks about how he's going to choke Cody out. That's it. Miriam Webster defines started his promo. That's what he fucking said, man. Wait, I mean, he didn't that, say. So I, uh, he didn't oh. say Miriam Webster, but he was like, a nightmare is. And then he was like, <laughs> the whatever, the fucking definition of a nightmare. Okay. Pretty good joke, Aaron. Pretty good joke. Whoo. Yeah, because it really kicked my ass. Because I was like, <laughs> did I fucking actually miss the Merriam-Webster? Because that, to me, is fucking an insane thing. Because I already think his promos, I mean, not my style, I guess, is what I would say about Malachi Black promos. Like, I just, he still seems like he has, remember when Bray Wyatt pre-fiend? would just come out and cut like 10 minute promos and you'd be like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Malachi black still has Bray Wyatt brain and it's going to take a while before he realizes like, Oh yeah, I'm not in, in WWE anymore. I got to, you know, maybe cut a promo that is something about sports. Maybe <laughs> it is. This is actually a good feud. Cause you're right. Malachi black has the, Bray Wyatt buzzards braid where he just like uses a bunch of spooky imagery and you're not really sure what the content, what he's actually saying. And Cody does the same thing, but he's trying to do it as like an all American baby face and it still doesn't fucking make any sense. You know, so they're I totally really made hope, for each other. I do want to say, I really hope that the end result of this Cody baby face story, I, I really hope that the end result is him challenging for the title as a heel that thinks he's a baby face by saying like the people want me to have the title. I'm going to come in and, and, you know, finally get a title match. Like I want that to be what's happening, but I don't think that's what's happening. 
Yeah, no, I think I think he thinks he's like over the over the title. He's like because because it's in the past, and once he's moved on from something, it doesn't matter anymore. I kind I wish MJF had been like when he was talking about how he should be the title. He should be the title challenger. He should be like, I'm going to win the AEW championship, a Cody a title that Cody Rhodes will never hold. Just to have <laughs> some sort of be like, hey, remember when these guys hated each other and it was like a huge deal, and then just evaporated into nothing. No, we're never hearing about that again. Uh, MJF was in ring next with Sean Spears and Wardlow. He says he's the most complete wrestler in the world, and he's going to start a bidding war in 2024. Uh, He says, you know, the fans know deep down I deserve to be the next world champion. Nobody in the locker room is on my level. Uh, CM Punk's music hits. He comes out. They face off. MJF puts out his hand. He says, I'm Maxwell. Punk laughs and leaves. And uh, MJF is shook. Great. That was really fucking good. Punk, just as I was starting to be like, I think I'm tired of him. Now I love him again. I'm so excited about him again. Because that was a really good segment. Yeah, just kind of just has a little bit of the edge now back. The, the thing, though, is if he's got too much of the edge, if, if CM Punk wanted to, he could fucking eat MJF alive and ruin him if he wanted to. Mm. Easily. I don't know. Cause he didn't eat Eddie alive when they were both in the ring. But he didn't want to. I don't know. He looked at, he, he, he like cowed away a little bit from Eddie when Eddie was bringing the real fire. Yeah, I think he, I, I think like if this is, I want this to, this is one I want to go to the pay-per-view, to Revolution. I want this to play out over this time because I think this is, like, the ideal spot for fucking both MJF and CM Punk. I don't mean that, like, he could bring out awful things to say about MJF. I mean, he can expose that MJF is not is truly not on his level and really make MJF look bad if he decided to do so. I don't think he's going to do that. I'm just saying when they stood next to each other, uh, I think Chelsea in the discord said, this is a real man versus boy face off. And I think uh, that's true. And Mm. Punk could, uh, could use that against MJF if he chose to, I assume he will not. Yeah, I I do see what you mean. He might just expose him and like, Oh, when I speak, I sound like I'm speaking for real and I'm not putting on, uh, you know, I didn't pre-write this promo and, and come up with a bunch of content uh, and lay it all out and come at you with these digs. I, I just sound like I'm speaking to you from the heart or whatever. I do get that. Um, but yeah, it might, it might be closer than we think, just because I was a little surprised by when Eddie sort of brought that real energy to CM Punk. CM Punk was a little bit on his back foot on Rampage the other week. I agree. Uh, I think the match, the match could be really great. I agree with all that. Uh, Darby was backstage with Tony. This was the gun club segment that, of course, we led off the show with because it was the biggest news on <laughs> this episode of Dynamite. Uh, it, we was. Had, it was. It was for me. It was. We had the Bucks and Cole backstage. This led to the Bobby Cole. Bobby Cole. Fuck. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Jurassic Express. That's going to be on Rampage. Uh, and then we went into Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus the acclaimed Leo won with a frog splash, and he pinned Anthony Bowens. Then Team Taz came out. 
They said they want to sign Dante. They they had offered him a contract previously, but they're going to be patient and they're willing to wait for Dante. Leo and Dante is so great. Yeah, the match was great. The Team Taz thing, I think it stinks. I got to tell you. Try. I don't know why. I love the idea of making Dante Martin seem like a super sought-after free agent. That is, I guess, really fucking smart. But uh, I, I would like to see Hobbs and Starks or, you know, Starks or Hobbs individually do something of some sort of importance, I guess. Starks was like, hey, Powerhouse Hobbs joined us a year ago, and look how much he's accomplished in that time. And I'm like, I think he's had, like, Three matches, maybe at least three <laughs> matches on TV. And I don't <laughs> lost a punk for sure. So I didn't really know what it was he's accomplished. Uh, he's he's a guy who would be ripe for like a real big push, but it just doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, Team Taz has lost like most of its swagger. A lot of that is because of the endless Brian Cage thing, which never made any sense. Um, but. You know, the the promos aren't just like as cutting as they once were either. Uh, Champ Julius tweeted that Darius Martin should join Team Taz instead of Dante. And I think that's an interesting idea. (laughs) I I would love that. that. Yeah, I would. I'd fucking love that. Next was the Jurassic Express and Christian backstage segment that I already bitched about. And then uh, a hype video for Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet that's going to be on Rampage this week. Then we had the Lucha Brothers and Alex Abrahantes backstage. Uh, they said they have something special for FTR and uh, Andrade. Um, yeah, whatever that team is, uh, because they're the best four-man team in the universe. Uh, SB piped up for this one to ask why the poor man's John Turturro was on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, mm. I got I, before we started recording this. Uh, I said I need to find something to put on my TV just so it's going. I need something out of my periphery. Currently, right now, Flip Gordon is wrestling Mike Bennett on my TV. (laughs) Is that a Ring of Honor in syndication? (laughs) Yeah, in an empty arena, Flip Gordon and Mike Bennett are wrestling. I don't know if we said this on... Uh, on the podcast, or if this was just something I said in my private life to person to someone when I was talking about my my kingdom fantasy booking, but I would absolutely prefer if Adam Cole was bringing in Matt Taven and Mike Bennett to <laughs> Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That would be so much more interesting to me if he was getting the kingdom back together. Oh, this I is on the show because Mike Mike shouted out Nick Searcy, I think. So that was definitely on a podcast, but I want to get out there again. Well, it was on the Patreon, probably so. Got to get it out for the speaking of weekly fans. Speaking of the Patreon, uh, if you want to hear me talk about Alex Abrahantes' vlog about all the other AW vlogs for eight minutes, that's some prime <laughs> Patreon content. You can hear how much I hated it. Check it out, patreon.com slash everything elite. Well, I, I'm about to talk about that because the uh, TNT title match was the main event, and we've already discussed it. Sammy won with the GTH. Inner Circle came out to congratulate him. Uh, that was dynamite for this week. If you like our show, the best way to support it is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, we do lots of shows every week, including light, which is our dynamite preview 
And Nate also talks about uh, the <laughs> wow, the BTE quick hits, but apparently also now the uh, the vlog. What is it called? The Elite Soup vlog soup. The Elite Soup. soup. That is the only <laughs> time I'll watch it. I will not ever watch it again. So do not okay. look forward to future recaps. Just the one. Um, I also talk about just the history of the 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 storied history of the Talk Soup franchise. Now the mantle being picked up by QVC guy Alex Abrahantes and his glove. But I but I, I was told Talk you soup. didn't talk about John Henson. No, I forgot John Henson. I, I named every other soup host, which I think was pretty impressive. John Henson was the only good one. Okay, what, hold what's on. What's the best one? Hold what's on. the best one? Do not come on this podcast and defame Hal Sparks to me, Brian. No, I, <laughs> see, he's when I quit watching. When John Henson went away, I was like, "Soup has lost its luster." <laughs> but then they go, "Great, wasn't Greg Kinnear next? Hollywood star Greg Kinnear? He was first. Uh, so he was, was he Greg was before Kinnear, Henson. Okay. And I watched the soup. I'd watch Talk Soup with him. And then when John Henson showed up, I was like, I fucking love this guy. Skunk boy, <laughs> they would sometimes call him because he had like a, a white. Uh, had a streak in his hair. Yeah. His hair. Yeah. And then uh, now he's doing wipeout. So everything's going great for him. Greg Kinnear's in movies. So, I mean, everybody but Hal Sparks is doing great. <laughs> Hal Sparks, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> what was... Okay, I think this was also on E, maybe before, after, I think after Talk Soup. There was like a fake, like, studio talk show. You guys remember what oh, I'm talking about? The Late Shift? Is that what you're talking about? Well, this was like... Or the you, Late Show? This was like, you know, Jerry Springer or Ricky Lake or whatever, you know, those kind of talk shows. Oh. But it was, you know, a, a satire. A, day, a fake daytime talk show. Yeah, but it came on late night on E. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I cannot fucking. It's the guy from Son of the Beach is in it, which that nobody is gonna even know what I'm talking about <laughs> with Son of the Beach. That's a real shock jock brained kind Night of guy. Stand with no, I remember Son of the Beach because I was like a horny teenager at the time, and it would be like, oh, it's it's like kind of like watching Baywatch, but not actually Baywatch. So that that was on my radar, absolutely. Night Stand with Dick Dietrich. Yeah, that yes, was it. That's it. I loved that show. That is it. At, at like I 10 years the hell old out of whatever. that. Never heard of this. Timothy Stack. Timothy Stack. That's right. Yeah, All he right. was good. Well, I was doing our, our Patreon thing, but we also talk about Rampage on a show called World Holy Tour. shit. Man Cow Muller <laughs> as Man Cow in the episode Euro Trash. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to watch it. We got to find this episode of Night Stand with Dick Dietrich. We do. Uh, we also did a full gear instant reaction show this past week, so you still have time to check that out. We have a Discord. We cover everything that has to do with AEW and sometimes other stuff if we feel like it. So patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, go sign up. Uh, let's see. On Rampage on Friday night, and this week's world tour is going to be Mike and Nate, I believe. We hammered that out earlier today. So uh, they'll be talking about Rampage this weekend. We've got Billy Gunn versus Darby Allen. So Brian will be watching for sure. We've got Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet in the TBS tournament. And we have Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Any nice. thoughts on Rampage? Dar Darby should be the main event, I think. Darby and, and Mr. Ass should be the main event. Hmm, yeah. Like the real one, the first match. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Because it is so late when the main event goes on, but I do think the last match should be the main event. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it still is the... I mean, they call it the main event. I just don't know if I can, like, really say it's the main event. Right. Yeah. Because they do, like, yeah, they do like that first spot for the for the big stars, too. Which it doesn't really work, if we're being completely honest. You might as well just put it at the end. It's not like people are going to bed at 1030 on Friday. Yeah, if you tuned in, you're probably staying up for the, the one hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Twitter user Minovsky article says, TK promised the live crowd one of the best Rampage cards they've ever had, and that's why we're getting Billy Gunn versus Darby Allen in Chicago is it? <laughs> <laughs> They're right. They're right. He's right. They're right. Uh, and then next week on Dynamite, here's what we know so far is Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana, uh, the TBS tournament match, Jamie Hater versus Thunder Rosa and uh, the eight man tag that people have just been crying out for Cody pack and the Lucha brothers versus Andrade FTR and Malachi black. So we'll be back to talk about uh, that show next week, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. So that'll be exciting. Um, Brian, you've joined us. You've been a great guest. Uh, but you, of course, are on Street Fight Radio. People want to listen to you more. Yeah, you you just go there, streetfightradio.com. I, we have pretty good SEO, so you should be able to find us. Uh, their Patreon is very good, too, so uh, you should also go subscribe to that and hear about Shock Jocks. I should Jocks. sell that. Yeah, I should sell that a little more since that is what a lot of people think is the best thing we do. But, yeah. I mean, the Street Fight Radio Patreon is a bunch, it's mini series, is the way that we do it. And they're very odd subject matter every single time. You will never not. I, I can, I, we've done butt rock, we've done real sex, we've done uh, the movies, cinematic universe, which is. <laughs> date movie and disaster movie i mean we really cover some weird shit so uh uh, definitely check us out i guess that would be nice of you there's a rumor that uh that i might appear on one of those shows so (laughs) holy boys we'll see uh, uh, hold on i mean you don't have to you don't have to put it all out there brian because we're putting it out there he's gonna uh, be there in the season that's coming up I'm going to put him on an episode about uh, uh, hip Christians, you know, like I like well, hip Christianity with like who the, better than Aaron know, Bentley. I used to be one. Rock. I used to be a hip Christian. Yeah. So, I th- yeah. I think punk rock guy. Aaron told me a lot of funny stuff on your Patreon about like uh, uh, his his Christian metalcore days where it's like, wow, that must have been really cool times for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> like only a straight party and like only a straight edge can. <laughs> well, you know, I, I meant to lead off the show. I fucked this up. I had this idea earlier. I was going to tell you, Brian, you know, I've, I've gotten into drugs now. <laughs> okay. I've been, taking, I've been taking stimulants. What kind? Oh, what? the uh, Adderall? Yes. <laughs> tight, dude. Hey, man, you got to start somewhere. No, and, I, you know, I, maybe maybe we get you some cocaine the next time we're <laughs> hanging out. It's like kind of the same thing. It's in the same realm. 
No, well, the funny thing is, the Adderall almost killed me, so now I have to take Ritalin. I, I was too, I was too weak for Adderall. It's <laughs> <laughs> a baby drug. <laughs> I know, and it almost killed me. I had went to the hospital and everything. <laughs> Very Holy bad. Moly, Aaron. Come I know. On. It was bad. Okay, uh, that, that's all prescribed medication, by the way, folks. I don't do any prescribed. All the medication I do is not prescribed. <laughs> My therapist asked me if I thought maybe I'd want to quit doing drugs for a month to see how it goes. And I was like, no, I'm not even, that, that's not even in my realm of possibility. Move I, I, on. From I, that. Said, I said something to my wife the other day about you, Brian, and I made some comment about uh, you related to drugs. And Sarah was like, Brian does drugs? It, like it was shocking. To her. <laughs> I love them. I love them. They're so good. <laughs> I was like, how have you like ever, I mean, you've met Brian. I mean, it probably came up at some point. Big drugs guy. She's been <laughs> at, she's been at two of your live shows. You had to have mentioned drug use at some point. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine we didn't say, Hey, we really like doing drugs or <laughs> did drugs up there. That's happened in the past. You know, ask the audience if they brought us any drugs from the yeah. stage on a microphone. Hey, I'm yeah. looking for uh, Xanax. And then Brett's like, I'm looking for some Coke. And then we're all just really excited if somebody brought it. <laughs> all right, folks. It's, think- a great, it's a great live show. It is a great live show. When it starts happening again. Uh, I will go. Everybody go see should. it. Okay, well, I think that's a good way to end the first independent uh, episode of Everything Elite Season 3. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Everything AEW. Hit that link tree. And make sure you subscribe to the show. Follow all of us at Aaron Like the Car, at Pitasis, at Fujiheya, at Murder X Brian. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the individual feed. Give us a five-star rating interview. Subscribe to Patreon.com slash Everything Elite. That's all. For Nate, uh, for Mike, who's on assignment, and for Murder Brian, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. Okay.